0: Hello and welcome to The Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Do Hongyu. Coming up in this edition, China has held a central financial work conference to deepen reforms in the financial sector. Israel is expanding its ground operations in Gaza. And the Venezuelan Supreme Court has suspended the results of the opposition's October primaries. We start from China. Chinese President Xi Jinping and other senior leaders have convened a meeting in Beijing to deepen reforms in the financial sector. They agreed to step up the efforts to improve the financial system, strengthen its supervision and optimize financial services. During the two-day meeting, Xi Jinping outlined plans to promote high-quality financial development. Gao Yiming has more.
1: Senior Chinese officials agreeing preventing financial risks is crucial to the financial sector. They say the financial innovation should be market-oriented and remain compliant with laws. And the finance sector must provide high-quality services for the economic and social development. The meeting stressed the importance of deepening financial supply-side structural reforms and the need to optimize the fund supply structure. More financial resources should be leveraged to facilitate tech innovation, advanced manufacturing and green development as well as supporting micro, small, and medium-sized enterprises. More efforts are to be made to develop the financial sector from five fronts, including projects concerning old age and digital finance. As China continues to advance its reform and opening up, leaders also emphasized improving the opening up in the financial sector while ensuring the security of national finance and economy. They also called for facilitating cross-border investment and financing to attract more foreign-funded institutions and long-term capital. And more should be done to strengthen financial regulations, as well as prevent and diffuse financial risks. Real estate was also on the agenda, particularly improving the supervision on real estate enterprises. China will promote the virtuous development cycle between the financial sector and the property sector and improve the macroprudential management of real estate financing. This includes satisfying all the reasonable financing demands of real
0: estate enterprises, regardless of types of ownership. That was Gao Yiming reporting. Moving on to the Middle East, more than three weeks into the Israel-Palestine conflict, Israel is expanding its ground operations in Gaza. A barrage of air strikes has leveled apartment buildings in a refugee camp in the enclave. Israel says the strikes destroyed a Hamas command center set up in civilian houses and a network of tunnels underneath. The Hamas-run interior ministry says at least 400 Palestinians were killed or wounded. On Tuesday, the Palestinian health ministry said Israeli army fire killed two Palestinians in the occupied West Bank. Yemen's Houthi militias issued a video statement claiming to have fired ballistic missiles and drones at Israel. Israel and Palestine have reported over 10,000 deaths since tensions flared up in early October. Sam Metnik has more from Jerusalem.
2: A barrage of airstrikes over Gaza and it did hit the Jabalia refugee camp which is on the outskirts of Gaza City. Israel said that it did kill a key Hamas commander as well as 50 other militants and that the area was being used by Hamas for for its activities. The Hamas, uh, Hamas has said that many, many people were killed, they didn't give an exact number yet, but they said that at at least six airstrikes hit the refugee camp. Israel said that it is going to increase its operations, and there is concern that it has told people to go from the north to the south, but as it advances on the north-south highway in Gaza, there's concern that that access might soon be cut off. As the attacks continue, the humanitarian situation in Gaza is becoming more and more dire. There are hundreds of thousands of people, the UN says, sheltering in their schools, as well as other facilities. The WHO, the World Health Organization, said that all 13 hospitals in northern Gaza have been given evacuation orders By Israel's military. However, the medics there say that they're not leaving. They say that if they move people it would be like a death sentence. The Iranian-backed Houthi rebels in Yemen released a video saying that they released drones and missiles targeting Israel and they threatened to release more of them if Israel does not stop its aggression. Israel said that it did shoot down a drone over the southern city of Eilat. It also intercepted another missile over the Red Sea. But one of the biggest concerns Israelis say is that there's going to be another front with its northern border, with Lebanon, where the Hezbollah militant group operates."
0: That was Sam Metnick reporting. Egypt says hospitals in the country will help treat wounded Palestinians from Gaza. The North African nation is reported to have agreed to receive 81 of the most badly wounded on Wednesday through the Rafah crossing. The decision comes as fuel runs out in Gaza's few hospitals inundated with patients. The UN says the conflict has displaced more than one million Palestinians since it began. The Financial Times reports that Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has been speaking to European leaders to pressure Egypt into accepting refugees from Gaza. Meanwhile, in the Egyptian city of al near Rafah Crossing, the Palestinian Red Crescent redid much-needed aid for the displaced. Yasser Hakim has visited its main warehouse and sent back this report.
3: Another busy day at the Red Crescent headquarters here in Al-Arish city. This is the city where most of the aid going to Gaza is being stored before being delivered through the Rafah border crossing. The Red Crescent is overseeing the storage and distribution of humanitarian assistance collected from Egypt and around the world. It's the link between local and international relief agencies and the Palestinian Red Crescent to ensure aid is delivered to the Palestinians. Staff member Mahmoud Gamal tells CGTN there's a diversified network here to ensure the smooth flow of operations. The volunteers and many teams in the Egyptian Red Crescent have different missions. Like you can see, they're distributing the assistance to specialized warehouses. We have warehouses for medical equipment and medicine that have to be stored in certain temperatures. There are different warehouses for food, water and disaster relief. It's a well-organized system. However, since the Rafah border was reopened on the 21st of October, Egypt has been blaming Israel for not allowing enough aid trucks to cross into Gaza. Only about 10 to 15 trucks reach Gaza in a day, whereas the World Health Organization says at least 200 trucks should be allowed in daily. The slow process of delivering the aid to Gaza has led to an accumulation of the assistance to the extent that the warehouses by the Red Crescent have not been able to have the capacity to cover this. The Red Crescent and other NGOs had to seek more locations and even the city stadium to accommodate the goods. Humanitarian aid is transported to Al-Arish city either on trucks from cities around Egypt or on board international flights, arriving at Al-Arish airport from various countries. Over 3,000 tons are waiting to be delivered, but aid workers say more is still needed. A tragic humanitarian crisis is unfolding in Gaza, where thousands of civilians are falling victim to the ongoing Israeli military offensive and have been prevented from accessing desperately needed assistance that's lying just a few hundred meters away on the other side of the border fence.
0: That was Yasser Hakim reporting. In South America, the Venezuelan Supreme Court has suspended the results of the opposition's October primaries, which Conservative leader Maria Machado won with an overwhelming majority. The incumbent government has since banned Machado from running for office. The court's decision has been criticized by the United States, which is threatening more sanctions. Stephen Gibbs in Caracas has more.
4: Well, this is the latest twist in a long running problem between uh, President Maduro and his political opposition. It centers really around opposition primaries, which were held on October the 22nd as part of a process to decide who amongst various candidates will stand against Maduro in next year's presidential election. That primary, organized by the opposition, came up with a clear winner, Maria Corina Machado, a fierce critic of the government, who won, according to the opposition, more than 90 percent of the vote with more than a two million turnout. But shortly after that result was announced, the government began to cry foul. And this is what the country's attorney general had to say. They committed this act outside the law and the constitution. It was fraudulent, and that is why the ongoing investigation will have consequences. The government's argument is that only it can organize any sort of election here. The opposition counteracts that the government is trying to fix the process and is unhappy with the fact that Machado won with such an overwhelming majority. On Monday, the Supreme Court here ruled that the results are suspended and an investigation has begun against some of those that organized the vote. Now all this has consequences beyond the usual dispute between the opposition and the government here. The reason is that following talks earlier this month in Barbados, in which both sides agreed that they could use their own methods to select their own candidate for the election, the U.S. lifted almost all its sanctions on the Venezuelan government. But owing to these latest moves, the U.S. government has warned it will take action if Venezuela does not keep to its commitments. And that does mean that sanctions on this country's oil sector, amongst others, could be reimposed. So as ever, the road towards an accommodation between the government here, the opposition and the United States is showing itself to be full of obstacles.
0: That was Stephen Gibbs reporting. Finally, in North America, gun violence over the past weekend has killed and wounded dozens in multiple American cities. The mass shooting in the state of Maine alone has left 18 people dead. The epidemic of gun violence is showing no signs of abating. Some in the U.S. are arguing that taking weapons out of the hands of those who may cause harm could be one solution to the gun crisis. Hendrik Sibrandi has more.
5: Last week's tragedy in Lewiston, Maine, has reignited the debate over what new measures could stem gun violence in the U.S. News that suspected gunman Robert Card exhibited serious mental health issues months before the Maine rampage has put so-called red flag laws back in the spotlight.
1: Colorado ceasefire is... A huge proponent of red flag laws.
5: Lainey Scheffel is with a gun violence prevention organization in one of 21 states that allow police or family members to go to court to temporarily remove guns from people whose behavior suggests they may be a risk to themselves or others. Red flag orders have now been sought well over 300 times in Colorado, but some criminal justice experts question just how effective they really are.
1: Mental health is a huge component of gun violence prevention, and it's a critical issue that we all should be paying more attention to and investing in. But the reality is is that access to firearms is what's making a dangerous situation into a lethal situation really,
0: really quickly.
5: Many in law enforcement, citing the right to bear arms and the right to due process, refuse to observe red flag laws, but more states may give them another look. It appears Maine's less restrictive yellow flag law, which requires a doctor to sign off on gun confiscation was not used in this case. Would it have made a difference? We'll never know.
0: That was Hendrik Zibrandi reporting. Before we go, here's a recap of today's headlines. China has held a central financial work conference to deepen reforms in the financial sector. Israel is expanding its ground operations in Gaza, and the Venezuelan Supreme Court has suspended the results of the opposition's October primaries. That's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Do Yu. Thank you for listening.